0: And welcome to
1: She Geeks Out, a podcast where we geek out about all the things. I'm Rachel and I'm Felicia.
0: Okay. All right. Wow. (laughs) This is Rachel. I'm the co founder, co CEO of She Geeks Out, head of community. Hey Rachel, it's Felicia over here. Hi. Also co-founder, also co-CEO, head of DEI. What's DEI stand for? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. So glad you asked. Thank you. And who else do we have joining us today? <laughs>
2: hey, uh, this is Fatima, and I'm currently the diversity, equity, inclusion facilitator at She Geeks Out. Yay! Welcome, um, Fatima. Yay! Thanks, thanks so thanks happy for to me. have you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> This is a crazy time, and Felicia and I decided to give this whole podcasting thing another shot because you know what? What this crisis has taught us is that we have to carpe diem, and it's something that Felicia and I have wanted to do for quite some time is bring back the, the podcast, so we, we thought, why not start No time start like it? the present. That's right. Why not start today? And times, all right, let's bring those podcasts back. End times, schmen times. <laughs> I feel like we went on a summer break and then
1: we just never came back from it. So guess what? The summer is over. That's can, a, <laughs>
0: that's
1: can't talk that's about a summer break now.
0: It. Summer break is a whole different thing now with what was going on in Florida. But that is another thing. Anyway. So I thought what we could do today is um, catch everybody up on what's been going on with SGO. Um, but before we do that, what I would love to do is introduce Fatima um, and Fatima I'd love to give you an opportunity to share with the world who you are, um, how you came to be with us we'll a little bit about your journey and what you're working on and uh, yeah we will go from there.
1: That's awesome. Oh where do I start? <laughs> yeah, just basically run down who you are in 30 seconds <laughs> yeah. take three minutes. It's yeah. a podcast. It's in the gut literally all the time in the world. <laughs> It's in the cloud. We We have endless amounts of space. Awesome. I'm also excited
2: about this light type of visual that's happening right now (laughs) as we keep talking. Um, So yeah, diversity, equity, inclusion facilitator. Um, And prior to joining She Geeks Out, just had a lot of experience around social inequities. So I grew up in the PG County, Maryland area and have been living in Boston for a little under four years And what brought me to Boston was grad school. So I was like, I guess public health is the next move. Went to an amazing grad fair, met cool people and the program was amazing, right? And so being here, moving here over the two years, I was in school and talking a lot about social inequity specifically as it relates to maternal child health um, and just community health. And so with that experience and that knowledge, it made sense for me to be in a space where I could create as much change as possible or at least influence change as much as possible. So while I was in grad school, really trying to think about what my next steps would be, right? And I think being a facilitator now allows me to not only be in spaces where we're only working with a small community or one company, but we're working with so many people, right? And I think having the understanding that helps is broader. It's a broad definition. It's not just how we physically feel, but how people are treated, for example, or how what policies we have in the workplace. All those things impact our day to day. And so, it naturally made sense for me to work in a space where I'd be facilitating around inequities, so people can understand the structural issues that we have. And so, that's sort of what brings me to Sheeks Out. Prior to Sheeks Out, after grad school, I was working with another nonprofit really focusing on racial equity. And I think what ends up happening a lot of times is race doesn't always become the forefront. And when we're talking about racism or when we're talking about other forms of isms, people sort of gear towards other isms and then forget about race. And so that's Mm -hmm. why I focused on race. Then I also saw that when we would focus on race or racism, Other forms of isms weren't discussed either, right? And so if you go to a company or an organization and you have your racial equity goals on point and everything is working out, what we find is that people of color or Black people who might also identify within the LGBTQIA community might feel great as a Black person within the workplace, but if there's no rules or regulations or policies or a culture that makes them feel great in the workplace, then they see themselves struggling in that way as well. So from working within that type of organization,
0: wanting to be in a space where... Why don't we take a minute? Yeah, (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) We're not expecting expecting any guests, so I'm very confused. We're all working. We're all working remotely. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) it's okay. That's what makes it real. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That sound was your buzzer.
2: Yeah. Time's up. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. No, No, I'm
1: kidding. kidding. Listen, the struggle is real. I just want to interject really quickly and share. The other day, Fatima and I are having a one-on-one and I had to stop and I was like, can you hear drumming? Because my upstairs neighbor is drumming at 2.30 in the afternoon.
0: And you could hear it, right? I was I was very displeased. <laughs> I mean, we are recording this on a Friday afternoon at what 3:19 EST, 12:19 uh, PST and yeah. you know, the reality is is that, you know, this week has been bizarre. Bizarre. Um, but I Don't think say. it's yeah, I do say. <laughs> <laughs> but it was One of the reasons why this is so important and why we wanted to have this conversation now and why we w- intentionally wanted to bring Fatima in and, and talk more about this, because this time more than a- any time there's times of crisis, there's a concern around this work getting lost. And there is that concern around when we see it in the media and we see it with our current Person in the white house talking about really othering people mm-hmm. and leaning into mm-hmm. that fear and yeah. and so um i want to go back to to your story fatima but i thought i wanted to introduce No, for you sure so like why
2: no that's awesome that's what gives us enough time in, in case somebody else wants to visit <laughs> us and not let us know that they're <laughs> downstairs but that was a fedex package so shouts oh. to people who are still on the streets working yes. um, all many of us have the privilege to be at home mm. doing this
0: yeah, so true. So true. Yeah. yeah. So that and that was a great point that you mentioned about you know the work is so hard because you know you can so focus in on one issue. I mean, we don't certainly see that too with SGO being that the word she is in our name. A lot of times, people assume that we're just focusing on gender, mm-hmm. but we are also looking at uh, inequities um, much larger than that. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
2: Well, that's the perfect segue to go back to where I stopped. But you know, I think after thinking about ways that I can be most impactful, I said, you know, I have experienced understanding of, of race and racism, especially being a Black woman and a child of African immigrants, and so what does it look like to bring that knowledge with me and to literally just plant seeds wherever I go while we're talking about other isms, and I think it is possible to talk about racism, sexism, and all the isms that exist without, you know, separating them, and I think that's what Really attracted me to She Geeks Out, right? Someone told me there's a great company that I think you should work with or work for. And I was like, where? Because I have not seen a full time position around facilitating. So I honestly was like, ah, what are you talking about? And when I saw the job description, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, they're not real, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're not a real
1: group. (laughs) Real? Like, we're here. (laughs)
2: Yeah. But I mean, obviously, it was important for me to make sure that. I was moving into a space where I would feel good and comfortable. Um, Obviously, if we're watching this right now, I'm Black, as I mentioned before. And I think because diversity, equity, inclusion work is hard work, but it's also a field that has its pros and cons, really trying to decide where where are my next steps and who do I want to be in community with. And I think the first time I had a... Uh, like sort of like an inquiry call with <laughs> with Rachel and I was like who's this white woman <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was like this is the space that I want to be asking questions around what this work will feel like what are the expectations but also what I can bring to the table made me feel like okay I do want to apply and and be in this space so that's that's how I that's how I got drawn into SGL and well I've been with you what, wait seven months eight months.
0: I can't believe it's a lifetime so were you
1: elsewhere before us I don't even know
0: (laughs) I feel like you've always been working with us it's been such a dream to work with you and um, from our perspective I'll just never forget when you came into facility for us and we were just blown away (laughs) I mean and what's funny is I, uh, it's worth noting too is that yes, you are an incredible facilitator, but you are also an incredible writer, and you are doing such great work with the with our um, newsletter and our blog posts. And it's just it's more and it's wonderful. It, so so glad you. to have you on the team. I'm gonna stop. Thank so you.
2: no, I'm excited, oh, and I, I, I keep feel. remembering like meeting Felicia and being like, oh this 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 is the tough one. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I was like, how am I going to make sure? But it, like now working with Alicia and especially Alicia, you being the head of, of training, I'm like, oh, she's amazing, <laughs> right? Like, and being able to just recognize, though, that we all show up differently in, in space. And I think I've learned so much, not just from the beginning of the interview process, but as we continue working together, um, have even more appreciation for you, too, as people beyond just the work that we do.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Well, this is the end of our podcast. (laughs) And we just (laughs) wanted to have...
1: (laughs) Well, I want to say um, it was... I'm just reminiscing a little bit because what Fatima didn't mention is so we went through all these, you know, processes, interviewing, all that great stuff. And then you joined us. And then maybe a week or two later, we went on this whirlwind tour of training with training (laughs) clients. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where I was like... Oh, great. You're settled in. You got your email. Cool. Let's do this. And we're, we're out there. We're doing the work. And it was pretty intense. And we, you and I got to know each other really well right yeah. away because we were just thrown into it with being in the car and on the planes yeah. and out to dinner every night and doing the actual work itself. Yes, and What was really wonderful was it was a, it was a lot of work and I did the first couple uh, solo and then Fatima started coming in and taking pieces of it and mm-hmm. really doing a lot of work on the fly where the night before I'd be like, Hey, can you take this chunk of the training tomorrow? And you would say, "Yep, got it." And then you'd go out there and facilitate <laughs> like it was nothing. And by the end, I was just sitting back, being like, "All right, this is for luck." I remember that. <laughs> I would never forget. And you were like, "No,
2: you got it." There was like at one point where I was like, "Where's Felicia?" <laughs> I think you went out to get something like out of the conference room, and I was like, "Okay." It's
0: like cigarette but, break, No, I'm just right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the funny part was, um, I wasn't used to like having a corporate card. So I think at one, we were in Florida and we were out for dinner and I was looking at the menu prices like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to order. And at some point we had a conversation and I appreciate you, Felicia, because you were just like, no, this is what happens <laughs> when you travel. Like, I felt like I had just entered a new world, space, especially even like nonprofit. Right. And yeah. we know some of the struggles, especially financial struggles that a lot of nonprofits had. have. Um, it was nice to be like, oh, I get to eat. Obviously not by my caviar, but (laughs) I get to eat good, so.
1: I really remembered very vividly when I first started at a larger corporate job and not saying that, you know, we're a large corporation because we're not, but as you mentioned, we're not a small nonprofit. Um, And I remember when I started my first real like big corporate job where I had a corporate card and feeling like I was scared to use it Mm -hmm. and then realizing what was appropriate, what wasn't. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can share (laughs) my knowledge.
2: (laughs) Yeah. With my
1: own company and my own team. This is amazing. So it was very exciting for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: And it is, it's so wonderful. So I think it's worth, because we haven't done a podcast episode in like over, I think it's probably been a like year? a year. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe a year. year. Yeah. And it, and really the reason for it is because um, we, we just, we were in the very fortunate position of being so busy. With so much work and then onboarding folks, it was just, you know, we always wanted to get back to it. But it might be worth just saying, like, well, the last time we did it, we were doing this work. But there's been such an evolution in our thinking about the the, of the work uh, and the way we approach the work and the way we approach our organization is going from just myself and Felicia to, you know, it used to be when we were talking about, you know, how to recruit inclusively. Well, or higher inclusively, we were talking about that maybe from our past job experiences, but it it was different than doing it in this capacity. Mm-hmm. So being able to talk about it in this way with having this kind of experience and, and really creating that inclusive culture and walking that walk um, is has been such a shift from when we did it before.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I will say too, you know, Rachel and I have obviously been in other organizations and we've had jobs and so we've been able to bring our own experiences, but really being able to do this in our own organization and being challenged to do it, I think I'll say too, because that's the hard part, right? Where, especially around recruiting, we grew the team by several people over the past year or so and definitely started to realize firsthand how easy it would be to slide into that trap of not hiring work recru- inclusively mm. because you just yeah. need, you just want to hire someone in. And so you default to who's in your network, who's in mm. your LinkedIn connections, who's a friend of a friend, uh, who's the first person who applied, do you yeah. just put it in one place? And so really sort of understanding the, the pain points there and then being able to go back in front of a group of people and say... I get that it's hard because I do it too. And here are my challenges and here's how I overcome it. And so I'm not saying any of us are perfect, but
2: mm-hmm. really being
1: able to walk that walk and it's not always easy, but it's definitely brought a whole new appreciation for the work and the challenges that exist
0: here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. So maybe mm-hmm. we can talk a little bit about, you know, given the current state of the world and how we're approaching it. And I should, one other sort of, big change with the organization which is kind of funny given uh, haha funny just whatever funny (laughs) um, is that so three months ago um, just over three months ago um, I moved to San Diego and our team is based in Boston and so we had already started to put in place structures to really support uh, remote work I mean I will say even before I left um, we were still doing that anyway because you know, Felicia was traveling a ton and the team was also traveling a ton. And so we really needed to put in place some, some structure to support remote team. Um, but it's been interesting to see like now sort of kicked up to a whole new level, but then there's also this need to really make sure that we are all okay. Like we, you know, there's so much fear and anxiety going on right now. And I think a lot of people are feeling that and I think everyone is seeing that in their inboxes and on their podcast feeds and, you know, in the news, et cetera. And so, I guess I would love to hear from from you both. And I'm happy to share as well. Sort of, what do you think are some of the best practices that that um, both employers and employees can take during this time, um, especially around issues of inclusion? Sure, I'll start off. Um... I think the biggest name of
1: the game for me has been flexibility, especially for organizations that have not been doing remote work or work from home consistently or at all. Um, But like you just mentioned, Rachel, we're a bit lucky because we've already had you going out to the West Coast. So we were dealing with at least one person who was completely remote. We actually have two people who are basically completely remote now, including you. And and actually now the whole team is completely remote, even though we're all hanging out and sheltering in place and whatnot. But it was a much easier transition for us, I think, going to completely remote because we were already practicing a lot of things. And so flexibility is going to be really key, even for our team, because not only is it just now that we're all remote, but we're all dealing with something that we've never, ever dealt with as a society, not even just as a team or as a company or an industry, but as a society. And so I've been really, I don't want to say struggling with this, but just really mindful of this, of this approach, because I have to remember to not only give each other grace, but give myself grace too and say, you know, I'm feeling stressed out or I need to, I need to step away. And that's okay for right now. Like maybe I'll have to come back later and get some more work done, but I can give myself that benefit of stepping away and not expecting everyone to be online twenty four seven at all times. Mm. And I think for certain industries, this is going to be a bigger challenge and a much harder um, thing to overcome because some some companies that I'm talking with right now um, have no no practices or, or no structures in place, so their people don't have computers at home or they just, their jobs don't lend themselves to being remote or they could be remote because it doesn't really matter, but their policies are in place and they're still really rigid and they're not able to just quickly transform them to say, go home, but they're still requiring people to come in. So there's going to be a lot of shifting here. So flexibility is really key. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I think Uh, In in tandem with flexibility, communication is the other really, really big piece, I think, so far. Um, I was talking about this earlier with somebody, but uh, it's a very delicate line because you want to, I think, in these types of situations over communicate to a certain extent, but then it's really dangerous because you don't want to go completely off the deep end. And you also don't, at least for those of us like myself and Rachel, who are in management positions, or if you're out there and you're listening and you're you're a people manager, you're a senior leader, you don't want to give this uh, or take this opportunity to then slide into that micromanagement danger zone, because that's also a really easy way to go, right? Especially if you are moving and you're transitioning and you're thinking, okay, well now people are all at home and are they actually working or are they distracted? Are they, you know, dealing with their kids? Are they watching the news? And so it's really, it could be really easy to just try and micromanage down to the minute what people are doing. So I think that, flexibility and communication are really big pieces of this, where just really making sure that we're, we're being transparent as much as it's appropriate. We're over communicating to a certain extent in the sense that, again, these are situations that none of us have really ever had to deal with. And so just being really upfront and honest about that and asking for what you need and that goes for everybody. Um, so those are two top of mind ones that are a bit more general. And I think you may have some more specific ones, Fatima. Yeah, those are all great. And I imagine
2: like what I'm going to say definitely ties in with everything you just said. Um, Other things that I was thinking about as you were saying words, I was like, oh, I like this theme. I'm going to say two words as well. So I thought of two words and it just happened to start with the letter C. Uh, (laughs) But I think. You know, you hit on this, and curiosity is one thing that I'm thinking of, right? You mentioned people sort of naming what they need. And I think as it relates to leaders, senior leaders, or managers, especially people who are in positions of decision making and a bit much power in terms of structure within the workplace, asking people questions, right? I think it's so easy to assume or know exactly what someone is going through or what they might need but what we find is that even within our meetings we start off in our team meetings asking questions right and seeing how we're doing and, and what's going on so I think the more we can be curious and try to figure out what's happening with people then the more we can be supportive and provide them with the resources they need and right along with that is compassion um it's, it's I know it's probably a really hard switch for many people and to your point around you know there are some people who don't have the luxury of having an office for example as you saw <laughs> it was a great little segue we had earlier when mm-hmm. someone came in but you know this is the reality of things right and so the hope is that there has been trust built before many people have switched over to working remote and that in moments when people can't do the nine to five, eight hours because their kids are at home because schools are closed or because they're a caregiver, we can sort of be a little bit much more understanding and asking, well, we still have to get the work done. There's, you know, that's important to name, but how can we get the work done while also supporting you in whatever you're facing or, or going through?
0: I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause it's, it's taken this crisis to, to, really harness this effort but it should be something that's happening all the time and, and what both of you have said the one thing that we've always done from the beginning is like our from a communication standpoint is always doing those check-ins when we first go online via mm-hmm. slack we just say hey this is what's going on so everyone knows that we're here we're present and we have an intention and then you know I think be, having that empathy and understanding, you know, we, we do, do do our best, you know, I will say Felicia has been incredible um, for me recently because I've been sort of freaking out and I'm usually like the calm, cool, optimistic person. Aww. And I've been a little <laughs> bit like, oh. I can't imagine why. I mean, mean, you know, and there's, I I mean, there's like the work stuff, but then, and this is the thing is what you're talking about is like, there's, what you both were talking about is that there's that, that personal element, you know, I mean, sure. We love to think that we can like show up at work and leave all of that stuff behind. Yep. But that's just not the reality now. Yeah. And I think even now
1: more than ever, because, you know, it's like, it's one thing to be stressed out because you're trying to get your job done in a normal in a normal, I'm quote quoting here, right. uh, environment where you just got the regular things to worry about. But now we're literally having to think about am I going to get paid? Am I going to have a house? Am I going to have food? Like will no. the toilet paper run out? I mean <laughs> the toilet paper situation that is happening right now is so crazy but literally thinking well do we have enough toilet paper um you know like things that are much more existential that we shouldn't have to be worrying about but we are and for those of us who are parents who are dealing with having children at home I mean Rachel and I have been have been saying a couple times over the last week like we're both really grateful that we don't have to be worrying about kids at this point in our lives, um, yeah. or yeah. our parents financially' were. yeah you know and i mean i 'm certainly worried about my parents for other reasons, but <laughs> from a financial standpoint, no, at a time standpoint, no, you know, and then the, some of the people in our team are dealing with both they are dealing with elder care and child care, and so it 's just it is a whole other level of mental um, effort that is just like on overtime at this point, so. Yeah, you know, it's just, I think um, I appreciate you uh, appreciating me, Rachel, if that's not too <laughs> awkward to say, but you know, you're like, I would say you and, and you as well, Fatima, like the whole team, it's just been right back there too. Like it's been, this week has been really hard um, and not even this week, this has been coming down the pike and Rachel and mm. I have been sort of seeing this on the horizon for a while. And I think that's also partially what's been really challenging is that we've been, hoping for the best and trying to plan for the worst. And every week it seems like the worst just keeps getting worse. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's been stressful. But, you know, I think just being honest about that and and um, what I've been really appreciative of is, especially with you, Rachel, is like not even having to ask for the support, but it just being there. Even without me asking for it, definitely. Like, there's been there was a time or two I was like, I didn't even realize I needed the support until you reached out and gave it, and then (laughs) I was like, wow, this was really needed. And so I've been trying to give that back as well because I it's just hard. We're we're all in this together. So yeah, thank you.
0: I'm so glad. And this is you know it's so funny because like right before all the. The fit hit the shan. Um, <laughs> Why are you censoring like, yourself on our own podcast? I don't know. I know. I just wanted to be absurdist. I wasn't cool. even. I wasn't <laughs> even trying to censor myself. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, Fatima was already working on um, community care for. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, That's I. I would love to to dive into that. I mean, we've already talked about it in sort of in, in actually very practical ways, but I think the concept of community care is so interesting and I would love to hear because we hear a lot about self-care and I think a lot of people are focusing on self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I know you've been talking about it sort of ad nauseum, but I would love for yeah. you to share some more here in case anyone's missed it. No, yeah, thank you. I mean, I think... First,
2: I want to say that there are a lot of people who live in our world that have always been socially isolated in ways that they don't necessarily have control over, or some people choose that, right? And I think it's important to name that because in anything that we go through, anything that we face, there's always somebody or a group of people who've already experienced something of that nature, right? So even when we're talking about the crisis or COVID-19, there are people who have been like, "Well, I haven't been working, or I lost my job, or mm-hmm. I'm having childcare issues, or mm-hmm. I think about this all the time, even when I do have a job, and it's, it's really hard for me." Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, thinking about community care, people begin to realize, first of all, how connected we are. I, I think in a world that's very fast-paced, in a capitalistic society, and in the global <laughs> globalization, and everything happening with social media. We've subconsciously, in many ways, detached from one another. And when you are in a place where you have to sort of be with yourself and realize the, how important your loved ones are, for example, or your coworkers are, you begin to realize the importance of community care. Mm-hmm. So, to talk about community care, it's a, a term that's really commonly used in community organizing, social activism, right? And what the term asks us to think about is how do we leverage our power our privilege and our resources to support another person or a group of people right and so really what we're asking is how do we support each other on a day-to-day basis these are questions that people have always asked themselves especially people within under-resourced communities when they all they have is each other to depend on right Mm -hmm. um or people from collectivist cultures for example that is a way of thinking and that is a way of being. And so in this time when a lot of people are at different levels in terms of access, um, we have to ask ourselves, well, how do we show up for each other? Um, And how do we support each other when it's even harder now to be in physical contact than it once was before? So that's the general sense of what community care is and we can obviously talk more about what that looks like in practice, but hopefully that's helpful.
0: Yeah. That is super helpful. And, um, maybe it's, it's so interesting. Cause it's like, uh, we're all like employees and we need to just focus on our work and like, how do, <laughs> um, you know, how does that actually translate? I think for companies that are maybe, you know, I think for us, we have a little bit of an advantage because we're a small team. So I feel like it does feel more like, Oh, it's like a family, but for like, larger organizations maybe that are a little bit more established that have like more processes in place and maybe there's more politics involved like do you have any thoughts on like maybe some some ways that individuals can support their teams in a way that it might be in a in a different structure that wouldn't be comfortable or used to that kind of language or all those yeah. actions, yeah, for
2: sure. And I'm I'm happy to hear you all thoughts as well because I know before being the co-founders and CEOs of SGO, you're probably working in some of these systems and structures. you sure so did, many people. Yeah,
0: um, we did not have community care in any of the companies I worked <laughs> at. I'll tell you that much right now. Um, I want to learn from you,
2: that's, Thank you. No, I mean, I think it is. It is harder. So I'm not going to pretend like, oh, it's going to be super easy. The more people you have, the harder it, harder it is, right? Because there's certain things that you can do with a small group where you can just get on Zoom, for example, and have a one-hour conversation, whether, you know, doing a team meeting, but also check, checking in with each other like we do. But I think when you have larger teams, a lot of times in larger companies, they're departments, right? And so I think really taking advantage of the smaller groups when you're in a larger company where if you have a department, and sometimes some people have a lot of people within a department, so we're going to get smaller as I keep talking, but if you have a small enough department where you can check in with each other, I think that's the first thing to do, where if you're having team meetings, try to do video conference, if you can, if people have access to that, and if they're comfortable doing so, and if you can't do that phone conference, right, not just necessarily putting stuff in a chat room or sending emails and there's nothing wrong with those forms of communication, but because a lot of people are not going to be seeing each other um, and you want to continue to build that trust and engagement with your team, that's a great way to do that. As we continue to get smaller, smaller, I think one-on-ones so important. Um, I was actually talking to my roommate earlier and I was asking her before, you know, getting on online for this podcast to say, what are some things that you would appreciate that your current company could do for you during this time? And she said for her, she really appreciates one-on-ones, right? Whether that's a supervisor to supervisee level or just one-on-one with your colleagues. And sometimes we don't talk enough in the office because we're so busy doing work. But what would it look like if you checked in on your colleague and said, hey, I know we just had a team meeting and you mentioned X, Y, and Z just checking in to see how you are. Is there anything that I can do or the team can do to support you while this is happening, right? I think those are great ways. And on a larger scale, with companies that are really huge and they have the financial structure to do a lot, I think creating databases or platforms where people know what resources are out there, right? If you have a large company, hopefully you also have enough information about the people you work with and the people that work for you where you can say, Here's what we can do. Here's how what we're going to provide. But also here's some things that we have online. Here's some things that are in various neighborhoods. And then inviting people to also share what resources are helping them. And I think that can sort of form the community as well when you're using those other platforms to share mm-hmm. what we can do during this time. So those are a few things I can think of.
1: Right
0: now. Well, thanks since I put you on the spot for that. <laughs> okay. I appreciate you doing such a great job answering it. I don't That's know if we should have anything to add yeah. to that. Yeah,
1: I think, I mean, everything Fatima said, I think, um especially at this point in our world where you may not, like, you may suddenly find yourself now relatively isolated from the rest of your team so a lot of the structures and ways of connection that would have been in place in an in-person world are maybe not as available or have to be done differently now I've been seeing a lot of organizations um, start and and teams move towards doing more virtual things so like virtual happy hours uh, virtual check-ins there's a ton of great apps and, and resources out there that will connect you to somebody else randomly so that you can get Um, a virtual coffee chat going, or if you already have a pretty close team or you already know a lot of people and the team's not that large, then just making that happen on your own. And I think that it can extend beyond the immediate work team to the larger community, whether that's within that organization or outside of it. Um, I know that when I worked at a really large company, I had a ton of people that I would have considered my my work community that I didn't ever work with on a day-to-day basis. And so I can imagine that if I were in this position right now, I could be reaching out to those people who I would probably have called them like my work friends or you know my work buddies and just trying to provide them that same kind of support and care that we were talking about earlier, even though maybe we wouldn't be working on the same things, um, you know, virtually face-to-face. And I think, too, that just keeping in mind that just because you haven't done something before doesn't mean you can't start doing it. Because that's another really big hurdle, too, right, is just sort of the inertia of it or the feeling of um, everything is crashing down upon you, so where to start. It can be really small. So it could just be texting someone and saying, hey, how's, how's your day going? or reaching out over your company chat to somebody and saying, you know, checking in, you know, I had a weird lunch today because I don't like cooking for myself and all I have are pickles or whatever it might be that you are dealing with (laughs) or (laughs) taking us back to the more work, uh, the work sort of context, um, you know, checking in with your boss and saying, Hey, I know that we have a one-on-one next week, but I would love to just quickly get five minutes to check in because you know, it's been a little bit challenging. I'm not really sure what to do or I'm freaking out or whatever it might be. And just keeping those lines of communication open or even just pitching the idea to your team and saying, hey, I know that, you know, normally we do like a team lunch every other week, but since we can't do that, would people be okay with eating their lunch on (laughs) camera? Like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of ways to get creative here. Mm -hmm. And I think we're starting to see that a lot of teams and a lot of individuals are are sort of exploring this. Um, You know, we've been talking here at SGO about doing things like, theming what we wear. And obviously Rachel
0: didn't get the hoodie. Memo I, did. I failed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone else. For those who are listening are on that train, um, you know, <laughs> for those of you who are <laughs> listening only, we're all wearing the same thing. Sure. Yes. We're wearing clothes.
1: <laughs> Some of
0: us are wearing more specific clothing,
1: <laughs> but you know, there, there's things like that we can do. Um, the other day I felt like For me personally, what I've been sort of dealing with is um, for some reason working from home and it's not like I've never worked from home before, but working from home now, I just feel like I'm locked to my desk and I Mm -hmm. cannot step away. Mm. Partially because of everything that's happening and it's stressful, but partially because I just, am not used to having to go to an office kitchen, even though I have a regular kitchen right outside my door. I just have not been really moving around as much. So the other day I decided to get up and get some steps in and it was raining and cold and there was nowhere to go outside. And so what I did was I put on a podcast and I started walking around my living room coffee table and just do, doing laps around the the living room. And while I I was walking, I was thinking, okay, this is really weird. And if I saw myself doing this from the outside, I'd think she was crazy, but I'm getting some steps in. And then I thought, while i'm taking this mini break from work how about i utilize this time and i texted some college friends that we have a group chat that i almost never post in and it's pretty quiet and i just texted and i said hey i'm doing laps around my coffee table how's everyone doing and then yeah. that has since started like this really wonderful conversation where we're all reaching out we're all supporting each other we're all chatting that was a few days ago we're still sort of continuing the conversation one of my friends is an er doctor and she's been sharing how it is for her which is heartbreaking and horrible but mm-hmm being able to to reach out and let her know that, you know, we're thinking of her. And that's just been really, really meaningful for me. And so I'm trying to sort of keep that mentality and apply it to work as well because we're all in this. And I think one thread that comes up a lot in our work is um, empathy and having just basic respect for each other as human beings. You know, we're all in this together. And I think that is more true now than ever and one of the things that you mentioned earlier, Rachel, which I've been thinking about a lot too, and you touched on this as well, Fatima, is you know what are what are these shifts in how we're working and living teaching us about things like accessibility, things like privilege? You know we're privileged to be able to work remotely without any real hassle or heartache. Um, there's a really interesting Twitter conversation that I've been following lately from a lot of disabled Twitter users who are basically like Twitter activists on Twitter, and so they're starting a lot of really interesting hashtags, and they're basically saying, oh, it's really ironic because basically a lot of people who are disabled can't, uh, or up until this point, like couldn't get jobs or couldn't work from home and had different accommodations because companies would say, oh, it's too difficult, it's just not possible, it's too expensive, and now they're pointing out the hypocrisy where now that it's this huge pandemic, everyone's like, work from home. Oh, everything is fine. Do all these things that we've been telling this a segment of the population for years now that we couldn't do for you. And so they're just trying to use this as a moment to sort of raise that up and say, hey, for everyone who's having to deal with a lot of these issues, this community is one that's been dealing with us forever. And so mm-hmm. here are things we can share with you and you can learn from from our struggles, but also let's use this as a moment to, when we get through this, and yep. when you return to whatever the new normal will look like, what will that new normal look like? And how will what we're talking and thinking and learning about now affect how we rebuild once we get past this? So I've been really thinking mm-hmm. about that a lot as well.
0: I love that. Yeah. that thank, is, yeah, thank you great. for sharing that. That is. There are these little bright moments, bright, bright outcomes, you know, always from, from, from struggle, from crisis, from darkness comes some light some positive outlook and it's so hard to focus on that when you're in it um but i think it's a perfect segue to sharing what's what are some things that we are are loving are making us happy and and feeling good about so um, does anyone want to go first i feel like you should (laughs) For me, yes.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, I guess it's a good. I
0: mean, it is related to what Felicia was just talking about. I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll give like the serious one, and I'll give like a fun one. Um, So, like the serious one, like the happy thing is. So last night, um, so. Our, the governor of California, as as you all know, it was the first state to to declare that, you know, everyone should stay in place except for emergencies only. I will say here in San Diego, they've kind of already done that. Um, but it was kind of a shock to see it. And as that was happening, we were actually, we're like for the first time this week, we're like, we're going to go and support one of the local restaurants that are doing uh, takeout. And so that was really nice. We went, uh, uh, just like a shout out to... Um, Richard Blaze's Crack Shack. Uh, If you like fried chicken and don't care about your arteries, that is the place to go. Um, So we had that, and there was a gelato place that was also open. So we were like, let's support the local economy and buy two pints of ice cream, which we did. Um, And then we, we heard the news. But it's been nice to see that companies, my point is it's been nice to see that there are companies that are Doing everything they can to try to make the best out of a really difficult situation. And I know restaurants, uh, food industry, and obviously the travel industry are being hit uh, drastically. Um, but it's nice to see some some folks are trying to to do some things. and certainly we're in a very similar boat. We do a lot of in-person events. Obviously, that's not happening for this foreseeable future, so we are we've come up with a virtual event solution. I am so thrilled that on the DEI side, there have been uh, occasions where um, doing a remote workshop was actually better, a virtual workshop was actually better for the company. So. Um, that model has already been tested and proven and we already have an online course. So we're able to, to, to do that work. So I think it's just really nice to see that like people are trying to find ways to still create community to, to, to have impact by using the tools that we have because if this crisis had happened 10 years ago or if it was a different type of crisis, we wouldn't have these opportunities. So I'm grateful for that. And on a bright side, there's two things, RuPaul's Drag Race, and how did this get made? Always how did this get made for a laugh. That should Always. just be a default. I mean, really. I mean, it's really the best thing ever. Mm. I listened <laughs> to some more of it the other day, and it's just a delight. That's all I have.
1: Good things. <laughs> um, I can go next. So let's see. Um, all right. Two th- I'll also share two things as well. The first is, and for anyone who's watching on the video, I'm going to try and Aww. show you a little Dark blob on the chair is my little cat, Jean Luc Picat. He's so happy that I'm working from home. He's just thrilled.
0: Can I just interject for a second because it just occurred to me because Felicia, your life for like the past. Six I know I have to
1: do like a catch up
0: has been like full. Yeah, exactly. Like you have not been yeah. around. Yeah. That cat probably thought that you didn't even like, you weren't even his mama anymore. So
1: <laughs> yeah. Well there, there's, there's a lot that's been going on. I will say. So first I I had been traveling ridiculously and essentially it was good timing in the sense that my travel ended right when all this craziness started. But um, I was essentially on the road nonstop from the first week of January through mid-February. And um, not going to be worried about traveling anytime soon at this point. But uh, yeah, the cat was definitely sad that I was not around. But... The other thing, too, to catch up is since I recorded the last episode with you, Rachel, my life has changed quite a bit. Because back then, I think I was super single, and now I'm engaged, and I'm living in a new apartment. And- <laughs> I feel like I need to make, like, sound effects but we don't have any sound <laughs> <laughs> all right go back to so me for, for any podcast <laughs> listeners who are hoping to slide into my dms they are closed down <laughs> anyway <Ooh. laughs> um, <Ooh>. um, <laughs> I, I will say so that actually relates to my second thing i want to share but i mean the first thing is obviously the cat has been taken care of in that meantime while i was traveling and i'm home now and he's so 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 happy and i've been joking with the team because Um, I get up in the morning, and then I go into this office, and I start working, and so when he gets up, he has his own little routine, and then I'm like, hey, JLP, it's time to go to work, and he comes into the office with me, and he gets on his chair, (laughs) and he hasn't moved from there since like 9 a.m. this morning, so he's very, very diligently working hard to support us. He's a good coworker. He is a great coworker. So that's the first thing. Um, The second thing is that now that I have this fiance and we live together and this whole thing, (laughs) um, I also have this long running WhatsApp chat group with my family, which is my parents and my two siblings. And... um, just as of today, they decided to not only include my brother's girlfriend, who he's been dating for like six or seven years, but my fiancé. So the family has been... It's like, I feel like that is... Why have I not
0: gotten into this? (laughs)
1: Listen, if my brother's girlfriend didn't get in until today... I got mean, ways to we go. got married before. I you know. <laughs> but I feel like it's a so much more official, like stamp of approval than sure. a legal marriage. For you. <laughs> <laughs> so now our family chat is a is a little bit bigger, and um, wow, my mom has already been yelling at us about hoarding toilet paper, which we're not. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, I'm such a believer that when
2: people get, like, when they begin to realize their mortality, people start to just be a little bit much more mushier, right? And, like, just be accepting of how people are and get out of their heads of the stories they're making about people. And I'm, I'm just thinking about the fact that now it could be a coincidence, maybe not, I don't know, I might be projecting. But the fact that, you know, this person has now been added to the WhatsApp group after six, seven years like, literally, things external from us can really, like, change the way we we show up and, and treat one another. Right. All right, Fatima. My two things. Um, on a more bigger level, I, and as it relates to COVID-19, I feel like it's, like, I have to say, like, the C word. Well, we're <laughs> calling it Corona.
1: The Corona. World. I've been seeing it all over social media, and it's it's a great nickname. It's so stupid, but you got to <laughs> make fun somehow.
2: Yeah. Um just seeing how people are caring for each other is a beautiful thing um i was reading an article and then also participating in the virtual conference that you shared with us rachel and people were just sharing what everyone is doing right and so from that article and from the virtual conference like people were saying were saying companies or even some colleagues are sharing or sending care packages to each other. Um, And that's something that you don't necessarily have to leave your house for. And if people are still working in those spaces, like ordering things for people and sending it to their door is amazing. And it's not something that you can just do with the employees, but like with your loved ones, with your friends, um, and whoever else you think could get a care package. Another piece is like virtual postcards or actual postcards Mm -hmm. Rachel you shared the what is it called the outrage the outrage Mm -hmm. and seeing people who have lost their jobs due to this issue um, but create an opportunity for them to at least get some form of financial payment while also spreading some love really it really makes my heart warm right Um, and then another thing I saw was people ordering groceries for people for other people like if you know like your friend or your colleague it's currently struggling or needs more groceries, um, people ordering it or giving like their Amazon Prime account if they have an Amazon Prime account or whatever other account there is. So I think there's a reminder that humanity is great, right? As much as we kind of suck and why a lot of the negative impact that's happening at the level that it's happening at is because we have horrible structures. But at the same time, people are reminded that we're the ones in control to make better, um, you know, make a better life for ourselves and each other. And then on a personal level, because I've been spending more time with myself, which I truly enjoy, uh, I've been having more time to just sit and write. Mm. And I used to do that a lot, like a year or two ago, like every morning after an evening, I just write something and being able to do that now and realizing that I could have done it before. But, you know, when things change, you just become a little bit much more aware of certain things so those are the two things that are making my my heart smile
0: that is so nice yeah well thank you so much everybody for being with me and uh doing this this was really fun and um i just adore you both and i look forward to future opportunities to talk which will probably be in like five minutes because we work together (laughs) 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 <laughs> the future is now. The future is. It yes is now. now. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks. Bye. See you soon.
1: <laughs> Thanks to all our listeners for spending some time geeking out with us. If you enjoyed listening, please
0: rate and review us on iTunes. Every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next interview. And tell all your friends. New episodes drop every Tuesday. (laughs) Check us out. She Kicks out on all the things. And in case you're wondering what those things are, they are Twitter, Insta, FB, otherwise known as Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website, of course. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia.